the computer. Hey everyone, we are back. Your favorite recovery nerds, myself, Megan, and Alice, and we are on tradition five. Wow, I can't believe we're like actually doing this. This is so awesome. Um, so uh, as you know, we start out with um, your uh, Siskel and Ebert reviews of the speaker. Let's read tradition five first. Oh yeah, okay, go ahead. Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic, compulsive reader, workaholic, whomever, who still suffers. All right. Thank you, Megan. So review, Cisco, Ebert, whomever. I yeah, I guess I I liked the speaker in that she brought in a lot of other literature besides the 12 and 12 that address that tradition and like lots of um sort of obscure aa books that i don't have and haven't read and so i thought that was interesting cool so thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up Alex? i give it a thumbs up oh awesome. this is the first one that i really really liked of all of the ones that we've oh um, cool. listened to and it might be because of the tradition itself, the primary purpose, that the reason that we're here is to carry the message, period. Not, you know, she brought in the um, how people think, oh, we should not allow addicts, but you know, addicts should come and people with different right. addictions. And that now we are here to talk about the addiction of alcohol and to carry the message of recovery for alcohol and there are other programs and there's a reason there's other programs because each. The way we act out our addiction. There's like that. That knowing right that you have when you walk in the rooms and that I can identify like I used to go to my first sponsor had one of the required meetings was an open AA meeting so that we could hear where we came from and to find ways that we identify. And I learned very early on that the disease is the same. The drug of choice is what's different. But even with that, so I could identify, and I'm sure if I went into any other 12-step room, if I needed a meeting, I could identify. But there is still that knowing that you don't have to explain when you come into like an OA room as opposed to an NA room or, you know, the workaholic room or, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. anyway, I really liked her a lot. Awesome. So we got two thumbs up. All right. So talking about the tradition itself, Megan, you got any notes? Yeah. There? I thought, well, yeah, just across the books, like reading the A twelve and twelve OA, and then how Alan on work, it was a it was a different tradition and reading experience in all three of the books. Yeah. And the we can get to the Alan on tradition, but it was the Alan on this tradition was so different. Different, that I had to yeah. Double check it to make sure yeah. that I was reading the right thing, so we could talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I liked in AA the contrast, like 
uh, it, it talks about sort of uh, AA as if, and I can't, now of course I can't find the story, but as if AA was the cure for cancer and that it should be treated with that much respect. It's the cure for alcoholism and it's the only mm-hmm. solution. Um, oh yeah, and it's the second paragraph. Um, in the radiance of such a miraculous discovery, any doctor would set aside his ambitions aside at whatever the personal cost. And it just struck me that like when, when AA was created, this was literally the only solution that was available for alcoholism, short of throwing people into insane asylums. And then at the beginning of the OA 12 and 12, they talk about how the beginning of this tradition about how there's like many other solutions that there are for weight loss or whatever and just the the contrast of that of like treating this a sacredly because it is the only solution that they Mm -hmm. had found up to that point so i'll pause there what about on the aa1 alice do you have any comments um well, yeah, I, it's interesting. I know I've read this before and I don't remember the whole cancer thing. <laughs> like, like all of these doctors with all their different interests coming together to cure cancer. And although they have these other specialties, the fact that they cure cancer is what's gonna drive the rest of their life. That, that, um, that really impressed me too, that, um, that setting aside your ambitions and um, and then it you know it talks about how we all come from different backgrounds, and the only thing that matters is that the person is an alcoholic who has found a key to sobriety. So when we when we come to our meetings and we talk about our recovery, we don't talk about um, you know how much money we make or what profession we have or you know any of that kind of that kind of stuff we learn outside of the meetings when we get together just as friends right when, when we're in the the rooms we focus on the gift of um, like absent let's sobriety here but abstinence and how the 12 steps got us there right and that's the um to carry the message, to carry the AA message to those who don't know there's a way out. I highlighted that twice, right? They, I remember when I first came in, I came in because I knew I wanted to stop. I knew I needed to stop. I had no idea how to stop. And I knew no other way to live. I, I couldn't see you know, through the fog, I just, that's which is why I ended up in, uh, in hospital for wanting to kill myself because I just wanted the pain to stop. I had no vision at all or any concept that there could be another way to live free of this. The only thing I thought was, I just want the pain to stop and this is how I know how to do it. So that sentence that those who don't know there's a way out that really really reminded me of where I came from so well I my thought was sort of getting to the place because again remember you know 
tradition one is like live together, die alone, like foundational, right? Like our common welfare has to come first, right? And then as we move through the traditions, each one of them does sort of make sense, you know, when you think about it, like tradition one, our common welfare should come per first. And then, and then we start to get like, okay, so first of all, we have to form a group, you know, and, and our group is our common welfare comes first. Oh, by the way, none of you get to be boss, right? You know, um, our authority is a higher power who expresses itself through our group conscience, right? And then, um, oh, and by the way, in terms of this group, the only requirement is that they have a desire. And then also, by the way, each group gets to do whatever the fuck it wants, as long as it doesn't hurt other groups, okay? So we've kind of got, and now we're at, okay, now that we've established that, here's our manifesto. Now we've established like the boundaries and the parameters of the group, who's in, who's gonna lead it, you know, what are the requirements? How do other groups affect each other? Now we get to like, oh, and by the way, our primary purpose of this group, now that we're all together and we've established who can come in, who can go out and whatever, everything, is to carry the message, period. And to carry the message of whatever it is you know, if it's AA, it's to carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous, Al-Anon, whatever. And it's interesting that this is the one I, my home group was uh, Eastside Sunrise and on the wall, they had this. I am responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help. I want the hand of AA always to be there. And for that, I am responsible. So I, in sort of following the original traditions, cause you're right, Megan, I was also very struck by Al-Anon I just see this sort of thread. Um, now we get to, because at first I was like, wow, tradition five, it takes us to, to be like, oh, tradition. And it's like, oh, right. But we had to establish like the boundaries first. And then it's like, okay, here's, here's, this is it. And also a lot of the writing was, and only this, like, don't water this down. Like, you know, don't think you're a doctor. Don't think you're a lay psychiatrist. Like, no, 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 no. So for AA, um, that sort of, again, foundational tradition was really powerful for me. And then to see, and I tried to read the traditions, you know, as they developed. So I read Al-Anon next, which kind of blew my mind. And then I read the OA. So Megan, you... I'll let you go ahead and talk about the Al-Anon one or lead with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, just to wrap up what you're saying, it, it is really interesting how the traditions stack on each other, kind of looking at them in order. And that if, if you don't put your, the group's common welfare first, the group cannot have a primary purpose to carry the message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. So yeah, I think that, that is just interesting um well it's sort of like the steps are in a reason for in, in order for a reason yeah. and I think what we're really getting into is and so are the traditions mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. So the, the Al-Anon tradition is each Al-Anon family group has but one purpose to help families of alcoholics. We do this by practicing the 12 steps of AA ourselves by encouraging and understanding our alcoholic relatives and by welcoming, welcoming and giving comfort to families of alcoholics. And for people who don't know that whole thing that Megan read is tradition five. So they added this whole subclause to it. Yeah. And I, it was like thinking this through today that in, in say a, a substance addiction, like alcoholism or food, your primary mess for primary purpose is to carry the message to other people who suffer like you. But if you are a friend's friend or family member of an alcoholic, it is likely that the people around you too are friends and family members of alcoholics and they also suffer. So if you read this entire tradition, it's about in the, the Al-Anon book, it's about practicing these principles in all of our affairs and showing um, an attitude of tolerance, courtesy and appreciation in all of our daily interactions with our family and friends. Because basically what it's saying is like, people around you are, are suffering with the disease of alcoholism too, in a way that may not be true when you're dealing with a substance versus people addiction. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Well, I'm, yeah. I was just really struck by the fact that, you know, each Al-Anon family group has but one purpose to help families of alcoholics. Like in terms of the other traditions that are out there, that period would have been like, okay, here's your primary purpose, you know, to help families of alcoholics. But for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's wisdom in there, they added, we do this by practicing three things. You know, the 12 steps of AA ourselves, and then we offer encouragement and understanding to our alcoholic relatives, you know, and then we welcome and give comfort. I mean, it's, for me, it's almost like, so, and this is, I really want to hear your feedback on it. I'm like, okay, I'm coming into Al-Anon because I take care of everyone, you know? And I think of everyone before I think of myself. And now I've got this tradition that's like, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that it went in to tell me that how I have to do this is to pr practice the 12 step encourage an understanding towards the alcoholic and comfort people. And I guess what I'm saying is it's interesting to me that they put it in the tradition because all the other traditions, they expound on what that means. But in Ellen on, they actually added it and said, and here are the three ways um, that this family group has what one primary purpose. Like it makes it clear. So I'm kind of curious about that. Like what was going on that they made well, a point of bulleting, you know, the yeah. purpose. So if it was the same, right? Each family group has but one purpose to help families of alcoholics. So you could imagine 
an Al-Anon taking that tradition and running with it and helping every family of every uh, alcoholic, yeah. but not helping themselves. And so right. maybe the founders found that it needed more direction yeah. um, than some of the other traditions. That's sort my hypothesis. Like, yeah, like, you know, in Al-Anon, like, you know, don't just do something, sit there. Or like, oh, I'm going to help everyone. And it's like, no, 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 no. Okay, when we say this, that makes sense to me. Like, oh, yeah, when we say this, here's, here's what we mean. And first is to practice the 12 steps yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it also goes to, like, one of the things that I notice a lot with the Al-Anon versus AA literature, and sorry, uh, Alison, yeah, yeah. Nicole and I are talking a lot, but um that they're inversions of each other right so like the the aa tradition is you help other alcoholics no matter what and you go yeah. to these rehab centers and you know you were you're basically recruiting and that is your job to carry the message and the the al-anon tradition is no, you have to take care of yourself. <laughs> yes, you very typical. Work the steps of yourself first, and then yeah. you can take care of other yeah. people. Yeah. Alice, any thoughts? Mm. I actually didn't read the Al-Anon one, which. Oh, that's all right. Sounds like I need to start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> now that I have the book, <laughs> I should probably read it. <laughs> no, that's... But yeah, my first, my first uh, reaction. Yeah was control much you know like yeah yeah <laughs> wait a second exactly that was my first <laughs> yeah. reaction was Which control is, much like that's oh, that's okay. my addict mind in there right like yeah. you're telling me how to do this the fact that i want to do it at all should be good enough for you right so <laughs> but um what megan said makes complete sense to me yeah, because totally. to take care of them you know well, as the uh, has the yeah. caretaker of an of a 19 year old adult <laughs> learning to learning the hands-off method of uh parenting of love yeah parenting yeah. has been a tough one so i can totally yeah. see how my own house i can't help him but hey this this tradition says i get to help you as much as i want so i'm gonna yeah you know, i can totally see that yeah. i see what you're saying well yeah yeah and i think also um I was really struck with the whole um, adding, okay, I get the, so number one, practicing the 12 step yourself, 12 steps yourself, mm -hmm. right? Third one, comforting people who have been affected by alcoholism, right? So again, we're talking about people in the meetings. So I was really struck that, you know, and to offer encouragement and understanding to the alcoholic. And that, Alice, if you read it, they're kind of talking, they're dealing with people who come in at the time and they're angry and, and vitriolic towards the alcoholic. So it's interesting that they kind of felt a need to kind of put that in. And that's not something you can do until you work the steps yourself, right? Because you uh -huh. got to let go of the resentment, work for, toward forgiveness, and there's no way you can just jump to number two. Well, I mean, Megan brings up such a good point that I can totally see like, okay, before you go running off to save the world, 
You know what I mean? Let me, let's clarify what this means. But I still think it's interesting that it's in there. And, and here's what keeps coming to mind. In, in San Francisco, when I was going to the Al-Anon meetings, there was a very strong us, them attitude. Very strong. I didn't know about that Al-Anons were supposed to go to open AA meetings until I started listening to my own speakers. And then I also then found out that a lot of places, particularly in the East Coast, have meetings in tandem. There's an AA meeting, an Al-Anon meeting happening at the same time. And so I could see the need, because when I think about the particular group that I went to, we did not have that attitude at all. We were those alcoholics, those alcoholics that have ruined our lives. And there was a lot of recovery in that room, but I think culturally, maybe it was just the location where I wasn't dealing with a lot of people who were married to alcoholics or, or anyway, I don't know what it was, but so I could see, so when I read that piece, I thought that makes sense given the, that that home group that I spent some time going to, that it's like, okay, and don't forget the alcoholic is not our enemy. I don't know, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, honestly- Oh, can't hear you. Oh, there you go, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Every time I hear Tradition 5 Reddit and Al-Anon meeting, I, I feel like that, the, the sentence of, we do this by, or, or sorry, by encouraging and understanding our alcoholic relatives. <laughs> like, I always feel like, man, that is like some next level <laughs> Al-Anon. Like, yes, I, ho I hope that I can get to a place where I am like only encouragement and understanding towards my um, addicted relatives. And, and I certainly, you know, know people uh, in the Al-Anon rooms that, that have that kind of understanding and compassion and, and have let go of all of their resentments towards their alcoholic relatives. I mean, I think it's just like, yeah, it's like Zen Al-Anon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get Josh Corda to start an Al-Anon. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Alice, any comments um, on that? To me, it says by encouraging and understanding our alcoholic relatives, it doesn't say trying to fix them, right? Like, so to me, maybe it's it's like uh, um, like the use of our will, right? It's God's will, not my will. Mm -hmm. And I do the footwork, right? Mm -hmm. That the things, the proper use to the will, like the big book talks about. So the proper use of my relationship with my alcoholic relative is to be encouraging and understanding mm -hmm. period right the rest of the that's my side of the street as far as my relationship with my addicted relative and i can see value in that mm -hmm. where we need to there's freedom in that too where it's not my responsibility like all like the stories at the beginning of the al book where if i could only you know get better grades or do more housework or you know be a better person then my mom wouldn't have to drink or you know my dad wouldn't get yell at me because like it, in my household it was not 
been, you know, do everything I possibly can to not give them a reason to be angry. Mm -hmm. Because that's the part I, you know, in my little brain that I could control. Somehow I could control his reaction if I was just doing all these things. But this says encourage and understand. Well, I also want, wonder if we go back to um, what I um, illustrated before about one, two, three, four, five, right? And getting to tradition five around like, okay, now that we've established how the group is formed and who is the authority and all of that. And, you know, that it's like, okay, our primary purpose Again, I'm just trying to think of, you know, okay, our primary purpose is to help families of alcoholics. And then also setting a tone of how Al-Anon should relate to AA. Do you see what I'm saying? So in a sense, mm -hmm. keeping it from like, keeping out, trying to keep Al-Anon from going off and doing its own thing and being like, screw you, we're going to have our own 12-step program. And in this primary purpose is like, hey, the primary purpose of this is not to create a divisive thing where you come here and you offer support to people of, of Al-Anon and, you know, fuck those alcoholics. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, we work with people affected by alcoholism. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. and I'm also, I'm also thinking about how actually there are several traditions that mention um, AA in them. So like tradition 11 says, we need guard with special care the anonymity of all AA members. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's like it's woven into the Al-Anon tradition that Al-Anon-ism is a, a sickness and a dynamic that, yes, you can definitely have on your own, but you, you've been right. infected by another person's alcoholism. And so setting the stage for like, yes, we will forever have this, yeah. this dynamic and we are just the other side of the coin. Exactly. exactly. And so we need to work that into our own tradition. Exactly. That we're the other side of the coin. Right. And that again, as a, whether it, whatever the relationship is, it's sort of addressing it as a family. Right. So in AA, it's this individual, you know, who has an illness and, and then in Al-Anon, a lot of times, especially in the beginning, it was this family. And so in a sense, it was to recognize that just what you said, Megan, that it's not this Al-Anonism that you go off and just deal with it yourself. No, the greater context is that you're part of, you know, a, a family in whatever way um, with an alcoholic. And so part of your healing is to make, you know, try to be compassionate or to at least give understanding and encouragement to the alcoholic, you know? So, yeah, I, I, that, I think we've sort of talked through, and I think that does make a lot of sense because it's a relate, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a relational ism. So it's about relating to something versus imbibing something in a very isolated addiction kind of it's a yeah 
So. Yeah. Yeah. The other part of this tradition, which I touched on a little bit, but, but is the sentence, we also extend love to family, friends, and others who like us have been affected by another's drinking, carry the message of hope and healing in the 12 steps. And it talks about like practicing the principles in all of our affairs. And I just thought that this Al-Anon version of the tradition was much more about like, how do we do this in our entire life mm-hmm. versus the singularity of purpose that uh, the AA right. and OA 12 and 12 focus on. Right. Which is why the credits don't transfer. Yeah. You know, that's why people in AA, like they come into Al-Anon and they're like, oh, I know this. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, you don't. Um, uh, ready to move on to the OA one? Sure. Yeah. Alice, do you want to go ahead and start with your thoughts on the OA? Uh, sure. So the parts I highlighted was, so it starts out with, you know, the wide variety of solution to our program, which are all like the pay, pay programs. You pay the weight loss, you pay the Mm-hmm. therapist all the all the pay and that oa is is unique in offering a spiritual program which has brought recovery to thousands who had lost hope which was me i had lost hope and then um i really liked the part about um you know it says we we found people who had done and felt the same things we had but this line, speaking openly about our own struggles from the perspective of OA recovery, we brought the suffering newcomer a message of strength and hope that was not available anywhere outside the OA fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard a lot of newcomers talk about that, how, how um, you know, and I remember that I have this deep, dark secret and I walk into a meeting and people are talking about it. like. Um, with hope and not despair, I guess is the thing that they have like that, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now that they um, have found the solution and the solutions in the steps, not in the food Mm -hmm. Or stopping your behaviors, mm-hmm. the old dry drunk thing. It's in working, doing the work of the steps, and hearing that message come from someone who was where you were, you know. And, mm-hmm. the, and to me, that's where the attraction rather than promotion comes from. That mm-hmm. you have what I want, so then I keep coming back mm-hmm. until until the miracle happens for me. So. Mm. Megan? Yeah, in this, uh, in the OA 12 and 12, I read a lot about just living in the solution and caring about the solution. So uh, this one paragraph on page 147 uh, says, living by these principles has saved our lives, honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, willingness, humility, self-discipline, love, perseverance, spiritual awareness, Service, unity, trust, open-mindedness, responsibility, acceptance, quality, and friendship. These 12 steps and 12 traditions principles, rather than our problems, should be the focus of every OA meeting. Um, And I just, I really like that reminder that when we come 
to a meeting. It is a service to be living in the solution and being a living embodiment of the solution and what that looks like in our in our day to day. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, I um, so I also really liked again if we do the comparative AA Al-Anon. It is interesting that now we get to this program where, you know, yeah, there's a wide variety of solutions out there, which is, I think, incredibly gracious because, <laughs> you know, but whatever, we'll, we'll keep that, you know, and, uh, and then it, but the part that I underlined was our groups come together. So we can share recovery through the 12 steps and the 12 traditions with fellow compulsive readers. Now, when you first read that, it's just another sentence, but it's like, no, in context of this paragraph, it's like, yeah, there are a wide variety out there, but I'm just reiterating what Alice said just a little bit differently, but our groups do this and we have found it specifically through you know, recovery through the 12 steps, 12 traditions. So it's interesting that for the first time, at least that I'm aware of, we're, as opposed to, again, we just talked about AA with the whole primary purpose. And Megan, you said the whole cancer thing, if you have the one solution to alcoholism, you know, but now we've gotten to a program where there's this sort of, well, there are probably other solutions out there, but how we do it is we do it through the 12 steps and 12 traditions. And that is our primary purpose. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting reading the book was again, that our groups come together so that we can practice the 12th tradition. Mm. You know what I mean? Which again, is exactly what I just read. And we'll, we'll get to the 12 traditions for people on the podcast, but basically it's, you know, going out and carrying the message, but it's like the group itself, we come together for that purpose. I remember someone once telling me that we don't have meetings because um, we don't have, they said it in a really pithy way that I'm going to forget, which is basically people who are in the rooms don't need the meetings because we could all meet at each other's house. We have meetings so that newcomers can find us. You know what I mean? That's why we have meetings and meeting spaces, you know, um, that are open to the public so that meet, newcomers can find us. The other thing that I thought and I want to hear your thoughts on was, I thought it was also kind of interesting that it, um, the two things to, you know, that they added the part about uh, that we're not social clubs, you know, and members can get a little clickish. I thought that was really interesting. Also, and I'll throw this in and then you guys can comment also again, you know, that uh, to support not just the newcomers, but members in relapse. Mm -hmm. The still suffering compulsive. Yeah, they're still suffering compulsive. Wherever they yeah. are, yeah. Alice, you want to comment on any of that? Um, yeah, I like that they put in um, the newcomer, you know, we're the the person. I think it was in this one was saying, yeah, the story about 
they kept hearing reach the newcomer and then but they never did mm -hmm. until their meeting was dying and then they were like newcomer newcomer and you know <laughs> it said everybody talked to the newcomer and i was thinking god if i was that newcomer i'd run away <laughs> like, but, but yeah the to to understand that um um, for me, it was, it's always about where would I be today if OA wasn't there for me? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'd be dead. Yeah, there's, there's no question in my in my story that um, and that is, is reason enough for me to carry the message whenever I can to whomever I can that um, I need and to show up for meeting, like you said, show up for meetings, because that's a lot of times where we carry the message mm -hmm. in this this paragraph that tradition five reminds us that our recovery doesn't come simply from discussing our problems with each other it is in the oa message in our steps and traditions that we find solutions to our problems because the place i went right before i found oa was a place where we came together and everyone talked about how crappy our lives were because we have this eating disorder but nobody talked about getting better and nobody was getting better. Mm -hmm. And I went there over a year before I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> this is not helping me. And the first meeting, I, I mean, it was, it was my second meeting. One was when I was in treatment, but the, the first meeting I walked in, I felt welcome. I felt that sense of belonging and home in, in that meeting was like, I think saved my life because I kept I had what they wanted. I mean, I wanted, wanted I wanted what they, what they had right. so badly. And I couldn't believe that this these things that when I came in, there was no OA literature yet. This book that was written about alcoholics in the 30s was speaking directly to me. It was just to me just this amazing miracle. And and I um I do a lot of service. And I've had to stop compulsively doing service, basically. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I never say no to is I can, when I'm asked to speak at a meeting. If I have no other obligations, regardless of how I'm feeling, you know, like I'm not in my best place to share the message, I um, I always say yes because I know I, there's somebody in that room that needs to know there's somebody else who feels just like they do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And also that Megan's got to go get the dog. So Alice and I are <laughs> going to keep talking. Um, so what about the clickish? Oh, well, I, I'll go ahead and say uh, what I was going to say, which is just that um, I was going to have Megan talk first and then I was going to comment. Um, but is I know that also uh, as a person with time, when I had younger sponsees in the room, if there was a newcomer, um, depend, and I just kind of had a really good ability to know, like, for example, if there was a young kind of hip looking, you know, I'm an old lady, you know what I mean? They don't want to, I would, you know, take my, my baby as we call them, or, you know, my sponsee <laughs> and be like, go talk to her. So part, and, and here's the thing that I kind of want to speak to on this is that, you know, people don't come in the rooms and know to do this. Like I had to tell my sponsee, 
you know, there's a newcomer, go talk to her. Mm-hmm. Or there's, an, you know what I mean? Like we need guidance, you know, we need guidance. And also because of the clickishness, it's kind of like, I get that you want to talk to your friends and, and you didn't, I totally get that. I'm not shaming you. I'm not whatever, but I'm going to gently remind you that you can talk to your friends anytime. I need you to go talk to this newcomer because she doesn't have anyone to talk to, you know? So anyway, so Megan. Yeah, I, I was struck in the, in the, uh, the AA 12 and 12 versus OA, the difference in what carrying the message means and that in in, I think, AA culture, from what I understand, and then also in this reading, it talks about how, you know, you go to rehab and, and um, what's it called, like different facilities of people coming off the drink, basically, and tell them your story. And it's much more um, like doing a lot of outbound <laughs> kind of marketing versus where this story in the, the OA 12 and 12 is about like a newcomer coming inbound to a meeting and talking to them. And as far as I know, in OA, we don't we don't do the same kind of no. recruiting as far as I understand it. I've never heard that. Um, and I just and it also is sort of a testament to the or it speaks to the age of the program and kind of yeah where we are in history. But I, I always find that that really interesting that carrying the message in the different programs means different things. Like yeah. I, I have a, a friend in AA who during the heat dome was like giving out water bottles to all the junkies on the streets and like carrying the message that way. And it's like, right. not really culturally the same of, you know, what we do in a way. Right. And again, you touched on it, which is that, you know, um, AA doesn't revise its literature and so, you know, those traditions were written in 1950. AA was like 15 years old and that's it. And so it was all outreach. It was all going to sanitariums and um, uh, I, I know I can't play asylums. Blame. Not asylums, but there were these things. I think Megan, you're probably thinking of the same thing, like dry out places where, you know, yeah. it was just, you and, were there for like three days or something. Right. And it is funny that that is still part of the culture of AA, like that kind of outreach is the carrying the message is still very much part of it. It is and it isn't. I mean, you know, because, you know, even I mean, there are so many drug and alcohol treatment centers now. Kaiser takes people, you know, so it's certainly stronger than OA because OA, we don't do it at all, you know, but um, but yeah, it's you know, because even going to open AA meetings, you know, here in Portland, yes, there were carrying the message, going to prison, going to whatever, but it was, was a lot less. And there was like a lot less, you know, there was more of an effort to be like, hey, you guys, we need you to do this, you know, and yeah. I don't know if you get what I'm saying that it's like, they were actually trying to pull some teeth going, Hey, we need some people to do some outreach. And it was like, Oh, well, there are treatment centers. There's DePaul. There's, you know, all these places, they don't need us anymore. So yeah. 
But anyway, the other thing is, is that how about talking about the um, uh, reaching out to also members in relapse, not just the newcomers, Megan? Yeah, I like that, that specificity, because actually you can be a member who is still suffering, like even in recovery, like a compulsive overeater who still suffers, like that is a pretty broad umbrella. And it also shows sort of like the nuance of our disease as, as like food addicts and compulsive overeaters is like, you can, you can still be abstinent and still be a compulsive overeater who is suffering with the food in whatever weird little way that it is that week or that day. And here's something that you need to hear at a meeting. Like you don't ha necessarily have to be a newcomer or be in full-blown relapse to be suffering around the food. Um, so I like that nuance of this tradition. Alice, what do you think? Uh, Especially I, on yeah. Alice, if you would also sort of talk about, you know, the question I posed to Megan, and then also a little bit about treating members in relapse like they're pariahs or something. Oh, like you're going to catch it somehow? Well, just, you know, again. Um, oh, that stick with the winners thing? Yes, that whole yeah. stick with the winner thing. So first of all, just about what are your thoughts on just that uh, the chapter includes, um, which again, it's not in, it's not in Al-Anon, it's not in AA, and yet in OA, there's like, hey, it's not just about reaching out to the newcomer, but also, you know, our members who are suffering. Right, and and I was one of those, or have been in the past, that just needed needed that extra outreach, and and everyone's like you know i reach the newcomer call the newcomer who's calling the newcomer and i'm sitting there well what about me <laughs> I'm sitting there no one's talking to me you know i'm right and um so yeah, yeah and this idea that you call people who stop showing up yeah that's something that i personally need if i stop showing up i need people to call me because yeah, i'm good not point. doing i'm not doing well if i'm not showing up so yeah um so when i have people have reached out saying like our meeting is dying what do we do and i'm like is, is you calling anybody you're you know right yeah so they get out the old meeting list and they start calling people and inviting them back and a lot of people who will share their story will say i came back because someone called me like wow. i was gone and nobody when i'm there everyone's attentive but as soon as i stopped showing up it felt like nobody cared but then somebody called me and so i came wow. back and yeah i it really makes it makes a huge difference that when people will take the especially now take the time to call or even text but you know well also that yeah. our disease can shape shift so i will never forget being in oa in san francisco and was it san francisco i think it was san francisco um it was either san francisco or oakland berkeley one of them but uh, it was the first time I did service at the uh, intergroup level. And I go there and there is a woman who used to weigh quite a lot. You know, I never saw her that way. I walk in, I look at her, I'm like, that girl is anorexic. I mean, anorexic. And 
but because she had lost all the weight, she was sort of heralded as a success story. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really feel that I, I was kind of new to doing this kind of service. She was a big name. And I was like, is anyone going to say anything to her? You know, like meaning, you know, reaching out to the newcomer, it's like our disease can shape shift, you know? And so just because someone's lost all the weight doesn't mean they no longer need support or that they're, they're not maybe going to move into a new area that now all of a sudden for the first time they're struggling with under, I went through that for the first Mm -hmm. time in my life. I went through like eight months of not wanting to eat and thank God for the one anorexic who was in our meeting. And when it happened, I called her and I said, I've completely, I was brokenhearted and in her, I said, I, I don't even want to eat anymore. I'm not interested in food and I'm trying to get away with as little as possible, which just for our listeners to know my fantasy, you know, is that heaven is a sheet cake. And I get to swim through it (laughs) naked. I mean, like that is like, Megan's not even laughing because she's like heard this so many times. Like that is like, and so to get- I relate too. Yeah, (laughs) I relate. And so to go through this eight month period where I had lost the weight, I wasn't trying to lose more weight. I was shocked around, I didn't want to eat. I wasn't interested in eating. I'm sure because of all the emotions that I was going through in my relationship, I don't doubt that it was a form of control for me to like, I can't take in any more. And, but like I said, for me, I was able to reach out to the anorexic and sort of talk and we talked it through and I felt supported and everything like that. But again, just because someone's lost the weight, it's not like, oh, I've arrived, you know? Yeah. I also have another sponsee who gained all the weight back and then she felt really rejected by other members. You yeah, know? there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shame. I mean, we have shame anyway, but then, you know, you lose or you, you know, you go through your recovery, lose gain, whatever it is for you. Um, and start getting, you know, speaker engagements, people really want to hear your story, your great recovery, and then suddenly, you know, the monkey's back on your back, and, and you, there's can be a lot of shame in that, like that whole fall from grace, but it really, we are all just one action away from being in that same space, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the first thing I will say to someone in relapse is that this, you know, the shame is keeping you in relapse. I mean, let's work through that shame. Let's let's give it a voice and forgive yourself for being an addict. Yeah. <laughs> like why? Why do I still want to eat? Guess what? <laughs> You're a compulsive eater. That's why. Why do I still want to run five miles instead of cry tonight? Well, she's you're a compulsive exerciser, you know, just that's you know, it's not it's that um this movie that the guy talks about, you know, he wakes up, he doesn't know where he is from a binge and oh, the memento. 
uh oh no this is a different one it's oh. uh, the sandra bull 28 days one you ever oh yeah that? sandra yeah right yeah so the guy's like i'm 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 not doing this again i'm not doing this myself again it's never gonna happen again and then he says and then something would happen or nothing would happen right and like that's the mind of the addict it doesn't matter what's happening around you right it, you know and it's so easy to 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 fall into that feeling of complacency like you know i got this and then you know pretty soon you're stuck in the black hole and and, and being in there and knowing there's a solution and not being able or feeling supported is like the worst pain in the world i remember that knowing there was a solution having practiced the solution and then suddenly it's gone from me again like i you know mm -hmm. you know my disease is back like i never stopped mm. that's that someone reaching down into that black hole and dragging you back out that's like the biggest gift you can give anyone right so to me the person in relapse maybe is even more important than the newcomer and i have had to make declare myself a newcomer several times through my recovery that i needed to go back not go back but because i don't feel i i don't feel like i've lost if i lose my abstinence that i have lost all of that recovery that has brought me to this point so i don't like the whole go back to step one kind of thing but that i need like extra care you know like i'm a little plant that's been through a hurricane i'm still alive i'm very very fragile and i need that extra care to help me blossom again because mm. that i still remember that deep pain of knowing the solution is there and just not and losing it again yeah yeah Megan, thoughts? I just think it's beautiful what you said, Alice, about the uh, the little plant that's been through the storm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the the stick with the winner thing. Like, I I do think that's an interesting part of this reading about. You know, I know that for myself, I like to choose meetings that have a lot of recovery, but that the meetings that may perhaps don't have a lot of recovery are where I'm needed the most. And if the primary purpose is to carry the message to the still suffering compulsive overeater, um, perhaps I should consider going to some meetings um, that are not well, as strong. Well, you know, that's the whole one, you know what I mean? Like right. we need to fill our own gas and, you know, right. service, whatever. So um, any, final thoughts on this tradition before we wrap it up well just to go off what megan just said that um i had to stop going to a meeting it was my home meeting and i got a lot of recovery and and help in you know re in uh rebuilding my program but it got to the point where i was the only one carrying the message and no, I wasn't getting filled up by the program, you know, mm. I, and I just, I just finally had this, I, you know, tried to bring up business meetings and it just, I finally just had to stop going and it, I, 
it was a very difficult decision, but it was that I need my program first. And I've gotten myself into, into trouble trying to put someone else's program before my own, but yeah. But yeah, I, I, I go to the, the meetings that fill me so that I have something to give to other meetings that might need more support. So that's great. Megan. I don't really have anything else to say. I think that's a great place to. Okay. Wrap it up. I just also want to add one thing that I kind of forgot was also um, this in OA, it adds the part about not that I want to go off on a whole nother conversation, but I want to fold in that this also adds the whole part about um, sending in funds, you know, so that you know, we can have websites and phone lists and, you know, so I thought that was also kind of really interesting, kind of like to your point, Megan, that you made earlier about AA going to these institutions. And here we come to OA whenever it wrote its traditions, which I think was somewhere in the 80s and 90s, you know, that it's like, oh, well, we need money for, you know, public outreach you know, places and stuff like that. Okay, so thank you both. We will meet again for tradition six, which is our mid-mark. Woo! I know, it's amazing. All right, thanks everyone. Let me just stop recording. <laughs>